It's your girl Rebecca and Lily, and you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Ooh. Take twenty five. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> would it really be in twenty twenty one fashion if our audio equipment kept messing up yeah. right as we were starting our first of episode course. of the new year? Happy New Year! <laughs> Hope you guys had a happy, healthy start to your new year. Uh, Lily, did you do anything exciting for the new year? <laughs> I was on double duty on New Year's Eve. Fun. I worked at the bank, and then I had like an hour and a half break, and I went to the restaurant until nine, like nine nine thirty, mm-hmm. and I came home and I was just exhausted. Uh huh. And I was asleep by 11 p.m. I didn't even watch the ball drop. That is a great way to end 2020. Honestly, we're all exhausted by the end of 2020. We're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Congratulations if you've made it this far into listening to our podcast. You survived 2020. What did you do, Rebecca? Um, What did I do? Uh, In the morning, I went up to my parents' house. It's They live on a lake, so it was just really nice just to get a nice little walk-in and ate some food, and then later we went to Mike's parents' house, Mm -hmm. and what they do every year is everyone chooses um, a meal from, like, a place that they want to go or that they didn't get to go to this year. Just they're craving it. And we all order for it to be delivered to the house, and then we just all eat until the the ball drops. Oh, my God, I love that. Yeah, so everyone in the house, like, so bougie. Everyone was like, I want filet mignon, I want this, especially because the dad was paying for it. So (laughs) they were like, yeah, like, I'll just get this. Loki, you didn't, You got a bunch of treats, so I don't want to hear you. So everyone's getting like all these like this big meal and everything. And my first reaction when I was asked what I wanted was, I want four to six cheeseburger sliders from White Castle. Good for you. And let me tell you, I haven't had White Castle in so long, mm-hmm. and something in me just said to get White Castle, and it was some of the best White Castle I have had. I haven't had in like literally ten years. Honestly, the best time to have white castles when you're under the influence of alcohol i mean that's like when it tastes the best but i don't know i wasn't drinking on new year's i just wasn't in the mood to and i was like wow this tastes amazing and i didn't feel like shit after so i was like there you go start 2021 strong um and then after rosie got us these like ceramic hearts and she got us paint and what we did was it's called an intention heart and you write down like one word that you want to go into 2021 of that intention of like achieving oh i love that so i wrote um i wrote in italian the word dream Mm -hmm. and like that was my intention of like making my dreams come true in 2021 oh yeah. Love that. So it was that was just like a fun little thing that we did before the ball dropped. And then oh, that's cute. The ball dropped, and then Mike and I went home, and I fell asleep right after. I mean, I I was honestly surprised I made it till midnight. Yeah, I was so exhausted, but uh, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to hold strong, watch the ball drop, and then fall asleep, and then sleep in the next day. Yeah, I had I had woken up at six a.m. that morning, and I wasn't supposed to go to the restaurant, but my boss texted me. It was like the other girl called out, and like. Fine, like I'll show up. I'll make the money. Like let's make this bread. Twenty twenty one. It's not all gonna be over at twelve oh one a.m. So there's no point in staying up. Yep. So I worked and I went, and it was actually one of the busier nights we've had in a while. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was really good to see. Yeah. You know that we were so especially because it's a small business. Exactly. So it was, it was really good to see that like we had like you know a couple larger parties. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not allowed to have, like, super big parties. It's just, you know, not allowed. But we had a couple, you know, like, tables of, you know, like, six, I okay. think. Which is pretty good. And we did, like, a prefix menu for the most part. Nice. It was it was really nice to see, like, kind of, like, the typical night that we usually have kind of back. Yeah. So it felt a little normal. Yeah. But I'm so used to, like, these, like, low-key... Mm-hmm. You know, not even near 25% nights. That yeah. it was it was a lot more work, you know. It's a good way to start the year. Exactly. So I was like, you know what, like... I'm going to, like, I, I went home, I watched a little of, like, the stuff that we, you know, you always watch. I was like, this is the same shit as always, like. Do you watch the Twilight Zone marathons on New Year's? No. Dude, I, that's, like, my one thing going into the new year that I always look forward to is that was one thing that my parents and I did was we watched some episodes of the Twilight oh, Zone. Oh, I love that. I think I have watched every single Twilight Zone episode that there is. And I remember when we Do had a sleepover. We, yes, we had a Twilight Zone marathon. Yes. And I thought of you when uh, we were watching. I was like, oh, 
remember that time I, I was actually over? think of you when I hear yes. my brother texted me at work yesterday. He was like, Have you seen the new Twilight Zone? And I haven't. Have I you? haven't. No. He I think said Jordan it's Peele, really good. Um, I think so. That. Yeah. He said it's really good. So I, I might watch that. that. Yeah. yeah. If anyone has watched it, email us at. It's your turn to oh. say. Oh, okay. 2021. Change it up. Yeah. Just ghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com. Good job. <laughs> it's, it's not the same. <laughs> 2021. Let's keep it back to Lily. <laughs> plugging our social media and emails. But um, yeah, so 2021, as many of you guys have probably seen on the news, has started off pretty crazy, right? Someone online goes, your seven-day free trial has not pleased me. I'd like to unsubscribe. So many amazing memes in the process, but along with some of those amazing memes have come some amazing conspiracy theories. So starting off the new year, our first episode of Just Ghoulie Things 2021, Lily, do you want to tell our boo things what we will be talking about in today's episode? Conspiracy theory. <laughs> Surprise. Shocking twist. Surprise, bitch. Surprise, bitch. Imagine you're just like, uh, actually, we're talking about extinct animals in the southern hemisphere. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, no, bitch. We're talking about conspiracy theories. Yes. And as we're talking about that, Boots and Loki are deciding to have... This is what I was talking about. Boots hides behind the curtain in the kitchen and then runs after Loki and then hides Aww. back in the curtain. They like play back and forth. That's cute though yeah. that they're learning to coexist after what was it, two, two years? Two years now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, Boots doesn't like take out her claws, so I know she's just trying to play. Okay. So Boots that's... hates me, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know. But she, Boots, she's doing very well this year, guys. I said hi Boots twice and she did not hiss. She didn't snarl. She just Blinked. I like, she just breathed. That's nice. Exactly. Yeah. So, Lily, do you want to start with your conspiracy theory first? or Um, Loki, I know you're scared, but don't worry. They're only theories. They're only theories. Um, sure. I'll, I mean, what do you want to do? Um, we'll start with yours first. Okay. Yeah. So, this week, my theory that I'm talking about is the, is, they're called contrails. Okay. And it's actually interesting. I hadn't heard of this, um, but I was talking to my mom about it, because I didn't want to do anything, like, super controversial, or that gets too political, and I asked her, she, she does, um, one of her assignments early on, um, for her students is to talk about a conspiracy theory. Oh, I love that. It's really interesting. It's kind of like her way of introducing them to a research paper without it being boring. So Mm -hmm. she tells them, pick something, and... I wanted to do, I texted Rebecca, of course, the first conspiracy when she, when she picked it was birds aren't real, <laughs> but there wasn't enough to like fill an episode. Okay. Not yet. There was, I'm sure there will be, you know, give it a month or two. Yes. We'll, we'll revisit it. 1000 But I knew that Rebecca was going to have like an entire world book collection of information and mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like, um, I found a couple <laughs> tweets. So I asked my mom, like, you know, what she had heard about that wasn't like, you know, lizard people or anything super intense. And she told me about contrails. So basically, a contrail is defined by Encyclopedia Britannica as something that forms upon condensation of the water vapor produced by the combustion of of fuel, fuel in airplane engines. When the ambient relative humidity is high the resulting ice crystal plume may last for several hours. The trail may be distorted by the winds, and sometimes it spreads outward to form a layer of a cirrus cloud? Cirrus cloud? And on rare occasions, when the air is nearly saturated with water vapor, air circulation at the wingtips of an airplane may cause insufficient pressure and temperature. So simply put, the white lines in the sky that jets leave behind... (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah and then they say but not the ones on eric clapton's mirror so i guess that's a clapton lyric yeah wouldn't to be able to tell you I, I would not know also there are these things called chemtrails and when you hear about the contrail conspiracy it will sometimes be called the chemtrail conspiracy so a chemtrail behaves like a persistent contrail only it's not water vapor it's something else being sprayed or for nefarious purposes be it mind control, population control, or global warming. So in other words, the government is spraying the skies with chemicals in order to accomplish a top-secret plan. So that's the conspiracy. That's yeah. what people are thinking that these lines in the sky are. Yeah. So Okay. Uh, yeah. So, But basically, the big thing that they think um, it's controlling is the weather. That's like what it's believed to be. But a lot of people think it's mind control, 
like they said, population control, um, food control. People think that they just ruin crops to like support like the big fast food industry. So there's a lot of different things, but basically people are like, yeah, like contrails aren't real. It's mind control. It's weather controlling. They're causing these natural disasters on purpose. That's what people think it is. That's, that's, That's the theory. So some background is that uh, chemtrails refers to the theory that governments or other parties are engaged in a secret program to add toxic chemicals to the atmosphere from aircraft in a way that forms visible plumes in the, visible plumes in the sky. So there is no evidence for the existence of chemtrails. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary uh, claims require extraordinary proof. And I said this is from Harvard. Harvard.edu. Um, it's a good source. Yeah, I, I tried to like I didn't I wanted to stay away from Wikipedia because I always use Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's 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 branch out a little bit. Um, the claim that there was a large scale secret program to spray materials from aircraft is extraordinary. Yet uh, all the evidence that we have seen to date has been very weak. The most common claim is simply that aircraft contrails look different without any comparative analysis. This, as convincing as saying alien beings walk among us in disguise, is like, you know, saying, oh, well, people act strangely, they must be aliens. Yeah, yeah. You know, some contrails last longer than others, it's no good. If there really were a large-scale program dumping material from aircraft at the scale described, there would have to be a large operating program to manufacture, load, and disperse materials. If such a program existed at the scale required to explain the claimed amount of chemtrails, it would require thousands or perhaps tens of thousands of people, and it would be extraordinarily hard to keep this a secret because it would be so easy for one singular individual in the program to reveal it using leaked documents, photographs, or actual hardware. Moreover, if such a program was intended to cause harm to their fellow citizens, as is alleged by people who believe in the theory, then people working in the program would have very strong personal motivations to reveal it. Area 51. (laughs) Rebecca! Wait a minute. I mean, I heard that there was a theory that it's not in the U.S. and that it's up in Canada. Oh, okay. So, I mean, maybe, like, let's not drag Canada into this. They seem like good people, but, you know, do what you got to do. Something else interesting that I found is that they didn't talk about the fact that, like, think about before airplanes were even invented. Mm -hmm. You know, what was the theory then? So they're saying it goes back as even before? Airplanes? Well, th- okay, they're saying that this exhaust, right, yes. is done by airplanes, yeah. right? Governments put this shit in airplanes, and mm-hmm. then the contrails fall down, and it's mind control, it's population control, it's food control, it's environmental control. But you look at shit that happened before airplanes, like the Black Plague, mm-hmm. right? If you're saying this is coming from airplanes, the Irish potato famine? Mm. Right? Okay. That was hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Maybe thousands. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but... The potato famine, I think it was in like the 1800s. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was before airplanes or at least before all this shit happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So think about the bad shit that happened. Well, you know, what conspiracy was that? Right? It's just like, it's inconsistent to uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Saying, oh, well, all this bad shit is happening from chemtrails. But what about the bad shit that happened before that? I feel like if... Especially with the government and how secretive they are just in general. Mm-hmm. If this what if if they were controlling our minds, if they were ruining our crops, if they were ruining our environment, they wouldn't leave any sort of evidence behind, such yeah. as literally in the sky, these these trails. Exactly, right? They wouldn't do that. Also, think about the bragging rights you could have. You know, oh, uh, COVID nineteen, I did that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's mm-hmm. like people who say um, there's no cure for cancer um, because there's more money in treating it than in curing it. But people would pay anything, right? People would pay literally anything to have someone survive it. Also, think about being the doctor that literally fucking cured cancer for everyone. Mm-hmm. No see, one would pass that up. See, that's a theory, though. 
That's a theory I'd love to get into and like do yeah. more research on because I do believe because there have been people supposedly there was that one doctor that found the cure to cancer mm-hmm. and then he died or was it AIDS? It was one. It was obviously like a horrible disease, yeah. and they died after you know saying that they were going to expose yeah. the cure, which also sounds very you know crazy conspiracy theory tinfoil hat sort of yeah. thing. But sometimes, like conspiracies like that. I don't know. I feel like we've made such development in technology and to not have found any sort of cure for cancer, even like a small, like a quote unquote smaller form of cancer. I feel like there's something out there that we don't know. I mean, we do have a lot to make it, you know, less insufferable, right? We do have a lot to cure it for the most part, but there hasn't been a blanket, no more cancer cure. Exactly. Which is kind of understandable when you think about how many different types there are. Mm-hmm. There's ovarian cancer, right? Yeah. There's cervical cancer. There's, not there's brain be a drug cancer. To just get rid of all cancers. Exactly. Every single cancer is different right? for a reason. But there is progress being made. I feel like you know what I mean. I feel like there wouldn't be any progress if you're just like, oh, there's nothing we can do. Let's keep treating you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. that's a topic for a different episode. Mm-hmm. So. If you think aircraft contrails, quote, look different or are, quote, behaving strangely, consider that regular aircraft condensation trails, also known as contrails, are sometimes long-lasting, and the way they look can change suddenly along a flight path as aircraft fly through regions with, with different temperature and different humidity. Okay. Right? Also, when you think about different altitudes, wind. That's a, that definitely plays a factor. Right? All that stuff. Weather. all Everything. Right? So... This is well understood and has been demonstrated by ground observation and by scientific research performed by thousands of people over many decades. Of course, it's possible that something else is going on, but to prove it, one, would be more than simple photographs photographs of something that looks entirely consistent with normal contrails. Mm. So, another article from BBC.com says that um, those white lines in the sky trailing behind jet planes are puffy plumes of water vapor, but online, some have twisted them into evidence of a secret plot to control weather or poison the environment. Why are wild theories about contrails and other phenomena so persistent only on social media? So a woman named Suzanne Marr uh, she does, says she doesn't like the term conspiracy theory. And the person who wrote this article says, when I use it on a phone call to arrange an interview, she tells me that it was invented by the CIA to discredit those who question the government. But as the founder of Bye Bye Blue Sky, a group established to to raise awareness of so-called chemtrails and what she claims is a massive secret government conspiracy to control the weather, it's uh, one that the Canadian is used to hearing. She says, quote, I ask that we move beyond the notion that this is a conspiracy theory. 20 to 30 years ago, we never saw these trails. We had a beautiful blue sky. Suzanne is among a significant number of people using social media to spread this message. Chemtrail conspiracy theorists vary in their claims, but some of the most popular include the belief that the governments control the weather on a massive scale, that scientists carrying out legitimate research about how to counteract climate change through a process called geoengineering are secretly poisoning us, or even that secret powerful groups are spraying us with chemtrails to make us pliant and easy to control. The trails she's talking about are those you'll have seen yourself, plumes of white that form behind aircraft. They are simply water vapor released from aircraft engines that condenses into ice crystals if the atmospheric conditions are right. Suzanne Marr isn't correct when she says they're a new phenomenon. You can see condensation trails left behind aircraft in images of the Battle of Britain during the Second World War. Ah. See, I love how the people that are claiming this and... You know, these conspiracy theorists, that's mm-hmm. just what they are. None of them seem to have a scientific background. No. To, like, have any sort of evidence. But you have a total right to your opinion. Yeah. But at least have some sort of... Like, at least have a team on your side that's doing some scientific... Exactly. ...experimentation to, like, back up your theories. Because right exactly. now, this is all just hearsay. Yeah. And what I'm also not getting from this theory is that you're saying these people... This is mind control. This is, like, destroying our bodies, destroying our environment... But the people making this, aren't they also exposed to the same elements we are? So wouldn't they be doing this to themselves? That's a good point. 
you know, unless, you know, they're got, they've got those like gas masks on that Zach Bagans wear for his, wears for asbestos, yes. but. Or they're in Area 51 where they're enclosed. Yeah, in this, exactly. In a certain but, environment. Right. And something that I think is everyone is entitled to their opinion. And we got, we got into a talk um, after we had a customer come in and called us sheeple for wearing masks, saying that COVID isn't killing people, even though I know three people who have passed away from it. And I saw it happen. You had someone come into the... Did you talk about this on the um, show? It happened again. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was, I was talking about it, and my coworker was like, listen, like everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I said, yes, 100%, you're entitled to your opinion. That's, you know, a right. But people are not entitled to spread false facts. Yeah. That's what you're not allowed to do. Yeah. To try to convince people of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not allowed to say, you know, like, for example, what this woman said. About, you know, oh, well, these didn't exist, really, because there's a photograph from World War II where they exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But then, of course, you have the counter-argument to the counter-argument saying, well, it's Photoshopped. Of course. So there's There's always going to be a counter to whatever somebody says. Exactly. So, yeah. And I feel like this is a disclaimer that we should say in the episode. It's like, you're entitled to your opinion, but if you're going to spread a false fact, like, oh, yeah, you know, know, so-and-so said this, and it's simply not true, that you're not entitled to do, because it's lying. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay. What most people call contrails, Suzanne and other conspiracy theorists call chemtrails. And in them, they see evidence of a clandestine globalist conspiracy involving a pick-and-mix selection of the UN, the military, national governments, the Rothschilds. Ah, yep, the Rothschilds. (laughs) Climate scientists, pilots, and big business. But her beliefs don't exactly just come from nowhere. Whether modification, or at least attempting it, does have a long history. The Leningrad Institute of Rainmaking was established in the Soviet Union in 1932. Chinese authorities used cloud seeding to ensure the opening ceremony of the 2008 Olympics wasn't washed out. Mm. So, like, they're doing certain things, but I also feel like if this was a mind control substance, do you remember that episode of Jimmy Neutron where the pants take over the town? Oh, classic episode, yes. We'd all be walking around like those giant (laughs) pants, right? There wouldn't be all of these disputes because chemtrails, contrails, they're everywhere. So everyone would be on the same page. Everyone goes outside for the most part, yeah. so everyone would be exposed to this. I do feel like, in a way, though, our society is slowly becoming brainwashed to a certain degree through social media. I agree. I, think, I agree. I think people are getting brainwashed in different ways, though. And but you agree it's social media, not airplanes. Yes. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, um, geoengineering, the deliberate intervention in the Earth's natural system to counteract climate change, is a newer field of research. While scientists have talked about it, there's been very little being physically done. Most of the research in the field relies on computer modeling. So Professor David Keith of Harvard University is among the most prominent scientists calling for further research. He told the New York Times he knows of only two instances where one of the most controversial proposals has been tested in the field. It's called solar geoengineering and involves atmospheric aerosol injection of tiny reflective particles to reduce the amount of sunlight reaching the Earth and thus cool the planet. So Suzanne says she first became aware of the subject six years ago. Quote, I was actually on a website. It, it was a very young girl. She wasn't even 10 years old. She talked about the spraying going on in our skies and the fact she was so sad because she didn't want to go outside and the skies were no longer blue and we were being sprayed. Why would such a young child be sharing this information if it wasn't truthful? First of all, influence. I was just going to say because her parents were probably recording it and told her to say these things. Like that's You're what, nine. That's like when you see like in these protests, you see like nine-year-olds holding up these like influential signs. It's like... Bitch, he can't even write his name right. He did not write this sign to hold up, okay? <laughs> like, it may be a very it may be a very awesome quote and an awesome poster, but don't give the kid credit. He's just holding it in his little hands, all right? His I did not learn him. cursive until I was nine years old. So it is bullshit that they have good handwriting. Right? I'm saying, but... Mm. Yeah, so, uh, that's uh, that just disputes that's everything. Debunkable. Yes, exactly. So a lot of these disputes, disputes, disputes that you hear are also disputable. When basically. you say your influence came from a ten-year-old in a video, that just proves how, in a way, 
that person's being brainwashed as exactly. well. Exactly. Exactly. If I you just, can sit down and watch a 10-year-old girl and be like, oh, yeah, she's saying that on purpose. like, And, and, she, and she's completely factual in her statement. I, do you remember in the early days of the internet when it was a five-year-old girl saying, I'm going to kick his ass. And yes. that, was, that was what we watched. Yes. And now, yeah, this is happening. So... Little do you guys know that was the girl she was talking about. No, yeah. I'm totally kidding, guys. Kick his ass girl has just gone crazy. <laughs> so basically, Suzanne runs a closed Facebook group called Bye Bye Blue Sky, where around 5,000 fellow believers can discuss the theory as well as raising money to buy billboard advertising. Yeah, so uh, another quote from her, we don't believe that it's happening in this group. We all realize that it's happening. Hmm. Yeah, so we have another quote from her. Information doesn't necessarily spread indiscriminately the way people think it does on the internet and social media. People tend to share it with people who kind of think the same way as they do about these issues in the first place, which she's kind of right. But then she goes on to say that she can, quote, taste and smell chemtrails. So she's like the one person with a heightened sense of taste and smell. Who can tell? Only her. The question is, was she tasting and smelling it before the video? I would love to know, right? So, Russ Tanner runs what he claims is the largest chemtrails group on Facebook, Chemtrails Global Skywatch, has more than 114,000 members. What is it called again? Uh, chem- I'm looking it up. Chemtrails Global Skywatch. Chemtrails Global Skywatch? Yeah. And he is calling them the largest crime against humanity in history. Which, first of all, it's not a crime unless it's proven, and this is still a theory, so it can't be a crime just based on definitions. And it's a group? Yeah. Well, I can't find his group anymore. Um, but there are a lot of different private groups. There's Chemtrails, the actual like Facebook like page, mm-hmm. has 4,923 people liking it, um, and their cover photo is, we are spraying you with aluminum oxide, barium, strontium, copper sulfate, potassium iodide, and all you want to do is party, dumb sheep. And it's like a picture of someone at a concert. Oh, Lily, there's you in the back. <laughs> <laughs> there I am. Dumb sheep, you. Is there anyone in like neon green tube tops or, or oh, a holographic outfit? <laughs> there you are. Right that's there. me. I'm a little speck. You dumb sheep, you. <laughs> so he co- the author of this article at BBC contacts this guy, Russ. Um, And he said, the main reason I wanted to do the interview at night... Okay, so at his request, I contact Russ at 8 a.m. in the UK, 3 a.m. in Maine, where he lives. He said, the main reason I wanted to do the interview at night is in our area, we have an enormous amount of aerosol injection that takes place through the evening. I can't sleep when the air is concentrated with this fallout. It causes me physical symptoms. I taste and smell it. Oh, he's the one who said he tasted and smelled it. Okay, okay. Um... It burns my sinuses, causes inflammation, rises in blood pressure, stomach issues, and headaches. So both Russ and Suzanne claim to have conducted their own scientific tests. Suzanne says she even tested her dog. I had my soil tested. I had my hair tested, she said. I was toxic in aluminum, barium, strontium, arsenic, manganese, and I live very healthily. She says her dog has been poisoned by a radioactive metal. Russ claims he found six times the safe levels of aluminum in his rainwater, and both say the tests are solid proof of atmospheric spray. So there's a lot more to this article. Um, hmm, that's very interesting. I feel, because I do believe that our air, you, you can tell the difference when you're in the city and you're breathing in the air mm-hmm. compared to when you're in the countryside, somewhere in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you can definitely tell that the air is fresher yeah. out there. But I think that just comes with, you know, pollution and what we Where are doing, are. Like our, our footprint, our carbon yeah. footprint. So yeah. to say that it's specifically these chemtrails, I feel like it's kind of a stretch. Yeah. We could argue that it is stuff that we as a society are putting into our atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I do believe that to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But to say that it's these chemtrails and pinpointing exactly to that and saying that, the radioactivity and the reason why your hair is radioactive or whatever they're saying, it just doesn't seem, there's no conclusive evidence that this is the direct tie to that. Yeah. Also, I would like to say, if they conducted their own science experiments, how do they know? Right? They're not lab scientists. 
Also, I would like to point out something. I would that, like to know what type of tests this is. Like, exactly. What, what, what type of doing? test is it? And if they're outsourcing their scientists, what type of scientists are they? Because there are different types. Mm, there there is, my dad watches, early in the morning, he watches a lot of Shop HQ with the dog. Oh my gosh. And he, he talks to her and he'll be like, Avon, what do you think of this? Right? It's actually really funny. <laughs> but there's a guy who will promote medical products, right? Like back, you know, back support and all this stuff. And he is a doctor, but he's a plastic surgeon. So yeah, he went to med school, but like, this isn't his focus. This isn't what his, you know, practice is in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he has the title of doctor, whatever, but he really doesn't know about this stuff because it's not what it's not what he does that's like you you know you're a boxer you're a personal trainer right you're an athlete that's like you saying yeah i'm an athlete you know and then talking about like track and field yeah it's just you know what i mean that sounds very dr ozzy to me yeah that, that's exactly what it is just and like i had a friend right who went on a diet which was fucked up she's like well it's you know pitched by a doctor i'm like that means that really doesn't mean anything exactly so do your research uh, folks exactly. is what we're trying to get here exactly So a final quote from this guy, Russ, uh, whether or not people listen, that's up to them. But as for me, this is happening. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So uh, one more article that I found, this is back in 2017 from The Guardian. Okay. Um, A woman went to live, I believe it was a woman, uh, went to live as a part-time farmhand in exchange for room and board. Mm -hmm. And the people she stayed with, uh, the woman's name was Tammy, her boyfriend Rob, were among the estimated 5% of Americans who believe that various global powers run clandestine and harmful chemical spraying programs. So, versions of the chemtrails theory abound, and Tammy's goes roughly like this. To mitigate global warming, mysterious airplanes spray chemicals into the atmosphere to form sun-blocking artificial cloud cover. This is done in secret because these chemicals wreak havoc on environmental and human health, causing Alzheimer's, all sorts of brain problems, and cancer, she says. So despite her adherence to USDA organic guidelines, Tammy fears that the chemical spraying means the produce she sells and donates to the Placer Food Bank isn't technically organic. And when I when I pulled up this article, I did find it interesting that this is a woman who's a farmer saying that her crops are being affected by this. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of points out that, you know, not all people who believe in conspiracies are like these bad people, you know, sitting in their basements, yeah. everything, because like she grows crops and gives them to a food bank and she's willing, you know, she's not asking, you know, this woman for anything. She's just offering her room and board mm-hmm. to, you know, yeah. to come help her out on a farm. So I also do think that was kind of like a nice touch of this is saying, listen, you know, they're not all harmful assholes trying to brainwash you. Some of them believe in this. Some and of them genuinely believe in it and they're genuinely scared for the outcome of the world. Exactly. So she's, and uh, like sub part of this article is called Not Your Stereotypical Conspiracist. She says, before I met Tammy, videos of far-right conspiracist at radio host Alex Jones who we've all seen. Oh, yeah. The guy is kind of... He yells. He, he turns red. I love when he takes off his shirt and just screams. So, um, foaming at the mouth and claiming they are spraying poisons on you served as my prime example of what a believer in chemtrails might look like. I read articles that called such believer idiots, but I had never actually talked to one. Tammy isn't a caricature of a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracist, and she's not an idiot. Instead of crazy walls full of newspaper clippings, her house is decorated with dream catchers and her grandchildren's drawings. After getting degrees in applied information technology and architectural drafting from Capilano College in her hometown of Vancouver, she helped pioneer the Girl Games movement as a multimedia producer for game developer Purple Moon. In 2012, a biodynamic farming course at Rudolf Steiner College inspired her to quit her six-figure job as a financial controller and go back to the land. Wow. So this is an interesting woman who seems pretty educated in a lot of different types of things. Very well-rounded. Exactly. So she's an example of how conspiracy theories, once a fringe obsession, have gone mainstream and how, quote, alternative facts aren't just for the right wing. So she says at the heart of it, of course, is Facebook. 
Facebook mm-hmm. made a believer out of Tammy. When she moved to Lincoln in 2012, she had never heard of chemtrails. Three years later, around the time her mare gave birth to twin mules, a post about a Facebook group called Sierra Nevada Geoengineering Awareness popped up on her news feed. Thinking it was relative to, related to agriculture, she joined the group. The group's 500 members post constantly about, quote, aerosol attacks, toxic silver skies, and mad men playing God with our weather, blocking our life-giving sun. The movement's mantra is, in all caps, LOOK UP! Tammy obeyed. I started looking, quote, I started looking up at the sky, noticing it was just crisscrossed, end quote. When she told Rob about her discovery, he was convinced. Tammy became, quote, obsessed. I was taking pictures and videotaping the sky, she says, and I was like, I wish I didn't know because now that I know, it's making my heart sad. Mm. In early January of 2017, Tammy felt cautiously optimistic about how the Trump administration would affect organic farmers. Born in Canada, Tammy is not a U.S. citizen, but given the option to vote, despite thinking Trump is, quote, a prick, she, (laughs) quote, probably would have picked him. End quote. Given her environmentalism and hippy-dippy aesthetic, this shocked me. Standing in between beds of golden beets and elephant garlic in the Garden of Lincoln Hills, a small organic farm in Placer County, California, Tammy Rydell looks up and points to a stripe of white haze running across a cloudless blue sky. You see that? She asks, raising her eyebrows. What do you think that is? I look up. The white stripe looks like a normal contrail of jet engine exhaust to me. But to Tammy, a 54-year-old organic farmer, it's a chemtrail. Mm. Um, so another quote from her, just to end the article, because after that it got very political and like, that's not what the episode's about. That's, that's not, not what, what the podcast's about. about. So I kind of edited it. I mean, if you want, you know, the rest, you can just look it up on, this was The Guardian, right? Yeah. You could probably link it on our private Facebook group if you Just Ghoulie Things podcast group. Yeah, if you guys want to read it. So she says... Um, See how it dissipates and becomes a cloud cover, she says. That's not normal. I nodded, unsure how to respond to this unexpected declaration, and Tammy resumes with demonstrating how to cover crop rows with frost blankets. Well, when you told me that she first found this quote-unquote obsession with the chemtrail theory through a Facebook group that Mm -hmm. she happened to come across. Mm -hmm. It reminded me, if you guys haven't seen on Netflix, I highly suggest you watch this documentary, and it's called The Social Dilemma. Have you seen it? No, I haven't even heard about it. Definitely check it out. came out this year, Mm -hmm. and it pretty much talks about how social media and the bots that they use to kind of control the internet Mm -hmm. have, in a way, they manipulate how we think. So you know how sometimes we'll talk about something, and then all of a sudden we'll go online, and it pops up on our Instagram as an ad? Yeah. And we're like, oh, like the FBI is listening to us. Mm-hmm. Really what's happening is the information that we've looked up previously, these kind of individualized bots that kind of help our search engine base and like mm-hmm. how we look at things on social media controls us in a way that it's actually implanting in our minds that thought to talk about something or to look something. And that's like when we talk about it, it's technically influenced by what we've seen previously and psychologically in our head, we're not putting two and two together that Mm -hmm. that's something that we've seen online. Interesting. Yeah. So it pretty much just talks about how, um, how like if you're not on your phone for a certain amount of time, kind of this like theoretical bot is like, all right, how can we entice this person to come back online? So they'll put someone tagged you in a photo and that's why, like, oh, someone tagged me in a photo. I want to see what they tagged me. And that's when we click on it. That's why not all the time when you're refreshing on social media, you continuously get notifications. Usually mm-hmm. they kind of come in grouping so that it makes you continuously swipe so that you can see who's liking your pictures, who's viewing your stories. Okay. I think yeah. I get it. Yeah. So it's pretty much the whole point. You, you guys have to watch the social I'm definitely dilemma. Gonna watch it, yeah. And the way that they kind of compare it visually it makes a lot of sense okay and examples are um the examples that they bring are uh, about facebook and how people especially conspiracy theorists they find these groups online because of the way that their social media viewings and like what they've looked up in the past how our like our internet and like whatever kind of controls like our search engines they take that information 
And they're like, okay, this person looked up courses. So on their Facebook, we're going to put, um, you, you may like this Facebook, yeah. this Facebook horse group. Yeah. And, or they may like, oh, um, they like horses. So we'll, we'll have them like this animal store. Facebook group. You know what? I noticed that. So it's a like lot. not directly yeah. the subject they're talking about, but it's things that they may find that the person may find mm-hmm. enticing. Interesting. Well, that's so, also, yeah. isn't that also what cookies are online? Like when it says like this, this yeah. site uses cookies and it like keeps, you can enable it yeah. or disable it. Yeah. And it kind of like saves your stuff, right? That's what cookies are, right? Essentially. Yeah. yeah. I don't really, I'm not a tech expert, but I, I'm really giving a very vague idea of what this documentary is oh, about. Yeah. I suggest you guys watch it. Let us know what you think. But yes. it, it def- the way you were describing how she found this Facebook group and how it kind of s- snowballed into who she yeah. is today reminds me of how the social dilemma works. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's. I think it's interesting also how like she kind of just stumbled upon it and misunderstood what the group was and joined it. Like, that happens I wonder to so what, many people. And I wonder what kind of like... Yeah, I guess it was like her. She's probably a part of like agriculture and farming information groups. Yeah. And that's why they were like, oh, environment, check this shit out. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Okay. So, is your that turn. The, that was a really good job, Lil. Thank you. I, I know. I had it. I was so excited because I had so much information this time. I'm usually just like, okay, Wikipedia and this one article from cracked.com. And this time, like, there was a lot on it. And yeah. it wasn't like a hodgepodge of a bunch of different shit. Like, and it's going to continue to grow. It's yeah. going to continue to grow with more information Absolutely. as we go along. Um, okay. So, my conspiracy theory is. Not really so much political. It's kind of it's not political. Political in the fact that it's like left versus right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. I okay. Yes. 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 So there's a bunch of uh, podcasts on it where they go into like it's a full series just based on theories of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa mm-hmm. and his history behind it. But I'm gonna kind of just go through very briefly who he was. Um, and some theories behind his disappearance. Okay. So the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa ranks as one of the most intriguing mysteries in recent American history. He vanished on July 30th, 1975, and while he was murdered that day, there are still various theories as to who killed him and where the body's buried. Mm -hmm. Like, they have never found his body, but they can just put two and two together that he was murdered on that day. Okay. The life of Jimmy Hoffa was so interesting, in fact, that Martin Scorsese made an Oscar-nominated film about Hoffa, The film The Irishman, directed by Martin Scorsese, was released on Netflix in 2019. Uh, I heard it's a phenomenal movie. It's like three hours long, but I haven't watched it yet. That's how when you said Jimmy Hoffa, I knew I knew the name. And I looked it up, and it was like Martin Scorsese. I was like, okay, that's where I heard it. But I don't know much about it. I had never seen it, but I remember hearing about it. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch it, but I haven't really set time to like put Mm -hmm. three hours out of my day to watch it. That's fair. That's fair. But the film is starring De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci, and Mm -hmm. it follows Ed Sheeran, who's De Niro. Oh, I love Ed Sheeran. Wait, Frank Ed Sheeran. Sheeran. Frank Sheeran. Did I say oh, Ed Sheeran? You said Ed Sheeran. Oh my god! And I was like, wait a minute, you what kind so of movie is this? As I was thinking, don't say Ed Sheeran, and then I must have said Ed Sheeran. Um, but pretty Love much, him. De Niro plays Frank Sheeran, and it's his journey to becoming involved in organized crime and working for Jimmy Hoffa, who mm-hmm. is played by Al Pacino. Okay. The film was nominated for ten Academy Awards. Wow! So this was like a pretty. This is a, a huge film, and on top of that. Um, this disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa played a huge role in kind of how we see organized crime and the severity of it. Okay. So my source for the theories behind Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance and where he's buried, um, I found from Mm historycollection.com. So Hoffa was born in Indiana in 1913, but his family moved to Detroit, Michigan in 1924. He left school at the age of 14 and performed manual labor until he started union organizational work at grassroots level. Hoffa impressed the Teamsters of Detroit enough for the group to offer him a leadership position at its local 299 branch. While the Teamsters were a big organization with 75,000 members in 1933, it was split into small local trucker groups, and over the course of 20 years, Hoffa helped organize it into a national body with, get this, over 1 million members by 1951. And Hoffa had a huge hand in that. And that's actually not very easy without something like social media. Exactly. This was in 1951. So he then became the president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters in 1958. And by now, it was one of the country's most powerful unions. Hmm. So his position and activities made him a target for investigation, and Hoffa was known for his ties to organized crime. He became a target for Robert Kennedy, who created a, quote, get Hoffa squad. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And so Hoffa received an eight-year prison sentence in 1964 for attempting to bribe a grand juror. He also received a five-year sentence, which ran concurrently with his other term in 1964 for misappropriating $1.7 million in union pension funds. Holy which shit. Which $1.7 is a lot now. Imagine in the 1960s. That's it's a, a fuck ton. Yeah. So after three years of appeals, Hoffa went to prison in 1967, but was pardoned by President Nixon in 1971 with the condition that he remained out of union politics until 1980. But of course, Hoffa being Hoffa, didn't take the situation seriously, and he made moves to regain control of the Teamsters from his former right-hand man, Frank Fitzsimmons. So I pretty much see this as... Jimmy Hoffa had all this control. At mm-hmm. such a young age, too, he started from the bottom, worked his way to the top. And when he went to prison, that was all taken from him. Mm-hmm. So when he was finally let back into the public, he was that's all he knew. He just knew uh, to have that power and that greed of that greed of wanting all that money yeah, and that yeah, control. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm not giving it up that easily. Like good for him in a way. In a, in a way. I, I like the spirit. I don't like the the, yeah. the actual context, but I like the spirit. Ethically, it's no bueno. But it's, I mean it's very like chumbawamba. I get knocked down, <laughs> but I get up again. Definitely. Jimmy Chumbawamba Hoffa and Chumbawamba are just synonymous to me now. <laughs> Gotta create a conspiracy theory on that. <laughs> yeah! So the Jimmy Wamba, uh, Jimmy, I just said Jimmy Wamba, <laughs> Jimmy, Wamba. J- Jimmy, what Jimmy Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa and Chumbawamba, like Jimmy Hoffa ghost wrote tub thumping <laughs> by Chumbawamba. So the mob warned Hoffa several times about his conduct, but he refused to listen. Of course, his stubbornness and lust for power inevitably led to his death. Okay. So now we're talking about July 30th, 1975. Hoffa went to the Red Fox restaurant just outside of Detroit to meet two known mafia figures, Anthony Provenzano and Anthony Giacolone. They're Italian? I'm shocked. Uh, I'm just picturing the heavy cologne and the slicked back, greased hair. Gold chains? The toothpick in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> in front of like a plaid Italian pizzeria <laughs> yeah, table. For sure. <laughs> so the meeting was set up for 2 p.m., but neither man showed up. Hoffa rang his wife at 2.30 and complained about the tardiness of the two men, and he said he would wait a few more minutes before leaving. Mm-hmm. Hoffa was last seen leaving at 2.45 p.m. in the backseat of a maroon car. A truck driver claimed the car almost hit him on the way out and said he saw a man in the backseat with Hoffa holding an object covered with a blanket. So no one knows what was being covered by this blanket. Okay. It's up to you to kind of, you know, figure that one out. Hope so, it was like a surprise box of donuts or something. Yeah, yeah. That was literally, I was like, oh, was it Munchkins? <laughs> Got you a surprise. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> so Hoffa's car was found at the restaurant and investigations into his disappearance revealed nothing. He was then declared legally dead in 1982. Provenzano was a prime suspect mm-hmm. at the outset, but he had a cast iron alibi. Of course, he could have just ordered the hit, mm-hmm. which is understandable. But given the mafia's preference for discretion, it seems odd that Provenzano would schedule a meeting with Hoffa and then subsequently kill him. Mm -hmm. Like, it it just... That's true. Like, you're kind of setting yourself up to To be... To be a suspect. Mm -hmm. So with no concrete evidence, it was inevitable that a variety of theories would emerge. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to go into the theories on Hoffa's murder. So we're going to start with who I said was Ed Sheeran, but it's really Frank Sheeran. (laughs) So Fox News anchor Eric Sean believes Hoffa's longtime friend Frank Sheeran pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. The ex-mobster wrote about the death in his book, I Hear You Paint Houses. Sheeran said he picked up Hoffa along with two other men and brought him to an empty house. He didn't want to kill his friend, but he had no choice. Refusal to follow mob orders was a death sentence, and Sheeran lingered behind Hoffa before shooting him twice in the back of the head. According to the writer of the book, Charlie Brandt, Sheeran gave directions to the property. During a 2004 investigation, a forensic team went to the home and discovered traces of blood in several areas. In fact, the blood pattern matched Sheeran's account of how Hoffa was murdered, dragged to the kitchen, and wrapped in a body bag. Finally, the former Teamsters boss was cremated. The big issue is that the test of the blood confirmed that it didn't match Hoffa's blood type. Oh, great. So, so he just, like, was killing some... I, that's so, some alibi. I couldn't have killed him, Judge. I was killing somebody else. But this is the whole thing, is that Frank Sheeran admitted to killing him and explained how he killed him long after and made a book about it so he could monetize on it. But when they went to the house that he supposedly killed him and these events mm-hmm. happened... 
There was blood. Okay, that's promising. They test the blood. It's not him. So it's likely that Sheeran did murder someone in that house. Yeah. But it just wasn't Hoffa. Well, think of it this way, though. Mobs. Now, I don't know anyone personally in the mob, thank God. At least not to my knowledge. That you know, yeah. Yeah. I did know a guy, right? Like a, a, guy? A, a, dist, a distant, distant family member who thinks he's in the mob. Currently. But he's definitely not. Well, I, when I was like eight years old, okay. I, they, they call him, um, they call him crazy and then his name because he's just known to be crazy. Okay. Like this guy is nuts. And he, when he was like, when I was at like my great aunt's funeral when I was eight years old, I remember meeting him and thinking he was like this cool charismatic guy. He had a ponytail and like a pinky ring. I was like, this guy's cool. And they called him crazy and then his name. And, I'm, and I didn't understand and then my mom told me, she was like, he makes up all these stories. But, like, he drives, like, a 1986 Dodge. Oh, so he... So there's no way. And he'll be like, yeah, like, I'm covering it up. And they're like, no, like, you just don't have a lot of money. <laughs> like, and that's okay, dude. Like, not all of us have a lot of money. But the truth is that mobsters are known for being known. Oh, yeah. So they flaunt their money. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they say, oh, I own a pizzeria. You know, but, like... We Dude, all know it's a that front. pizzeria has one table. Yeah. There's no way you have a mansion mm-hmm. and a and a BMW and a Jaguar and a solid gold chain from running a pizzeria with one table. Exactly. Exactly. So, and this was in quarantine time. Exactly. So think about this guy saying, "Oh, my friend's dead. Well, he's not coming back, but I could capitalize on his death and flaunt it." Yeah. You think about someone like Al Capone who got away with a bunch of shit, but they got him on tax evasion. Mhm. Mhm. So because there wasn't enough. Because there wasn't enough evidence. These people are smart. Exactly, and they and they want you to know. They want the pride of being like, "Oh, I didn't do that," but everyone knows they did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this guy being able to say, "Oh yeah, I did it," and then not being able to be proven doing it, it's a win-win. Yeah, and so he was able to make money on it. But then after the fact, it's no, he actually it's not proven that he killed him, and that the mm-hmm. blood that he did say came from Hoffa or that was found on the property was from someone else. So. Yeah. That just proves that he just <laughs> killed other people. Yeah. But, okay. So that was the one theory. Now, the second theory is the 55-gallon drums. So former mafia killer Richard Kuklinski claims he murdered Hoffa in his book, The Iceman, Confessions of a Mafia Contract Killer. So the hitman said he killed Hoffa with a knife, burned the body in a 55-gallon drum, and dumped it in a junkyard. The police searched a New Jersey dump in 1975 looking for the drum. I have an Iceman story. Do you actually? My dad. Okay, this isn't going where you think it's going. My dad in high school or college had a crush on a girl. Okay. He asked her to go to Great Adventure with him. And she was kind of mean to him. She was like, there's not a chance. 10 years later, 15 years later, my dad's married with kids, Mm -hmm. right? Not even thinking about her. Yeah. A guy in New Jersey is linked to being who they call the Iceman. Okay. And he was like, I know that last name. He calls his brother, and he's like, dude, like, this guy, have you heard about him? And he goes, we went to high school with his daughter. Oh, and that right? was the girl. And that was the girl. And he was like, Lily, honestly, thank God. Yeah. He's like, she didn't have to be a bitch, but <laughs> I'm glad she said no. That's crazy. And I actually have an Iceman story, too. Tell me, tell me, so- tell me. My, my mom's, one of her old friends, <laughs> lived behind the house where they found one of the bodies. Holy shit. Yeah. So See, when we would Jersey, have picnics, you never just know. like, oh, that's where the crime scene is. That's, that's a that's cute, cute little house. Oh, yeah. yeah. They found a dead body there. No big deal. You so, gotta yeah. love, like, these Jersey stories. Right? Right? So, yeah. So, um, an investigative reporter called Dan Muldeo, who we'll get to also a little later on in my research, interviewed Philip Moscato, the owner of the dump, and a man with a mob connection. So when Moscato died, Muldeo was free to publish the conversation that he had with him, and in it, Moscato confirmed that snitch Ralph Picardo told the FBI of Hoffa's whereabouts. The dump owner refused to outline how or where Hoffa died, but did mention the drum, and also said Hoffa wasn't buried on a farm, which was some other speculation. It's like a dead dog. Oh, they went to live on a farm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now here are some other stories. So another snitch said that Hoffa's body was taken to New Jersey and mixed in concrete used to build the New York Giants stadium. Oh. And, uh, but there was an episode of Mythbusters that supposedly debunked that theory. Okay. Then Hoffa was allegedly ground up at a meat processing plant in Michigan, either disposed of at a fat rendering plant or dumped in a Florida swamp. 
Salvatore Brigiuglio, and several other underworld character, uh, figures have also been linked to the crime, but again, no one has ever been convicted of the murder. The FBI did find a strand of hair in a car driven by Hoffa's friend, Charlie O'Brien, but DNA and DNA samples were taken, and the hair was actually confirmed to be Hoffa's. While the FBI long suspected O'Brien's involvement in the murder, again, they didn't have enough evidence to press charges. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So over 40 years after the disappearance, it is apparent that Hoffa's body will never be found, nor will a killer ever be identified or brought to justice. Or will it? Ooh. So now going back to Moldea, the investigative reporter, I found an article from 2019 mm-hmm. on Fox2Detroit.com that's titled, Expert Claims to Know Where Jimmy Hoffa Is. Hint, it's underground. And this article was written by Rup Raj. So the article, it says, so according to this article, Moldea considers himself a Hoffa expert who has written extensively about the mystery of the man disappearing. Now, more than 40 decades later, he thinks he knows where his body is. As Moldea sees it, Hoffa is buried in a landfill in Jersey City, New Jersey. Frank Coppola, the son of late Paul Coppola, said his dad told him a secret on his deathbed. Mm -hmm. Frank says he remembered the landfill and the hole that was dug. Quote, He left after seeing the hole, and then, later on, his father on his deathbed told him, here's what happened. That hole was where I dug Jimmy Hoffa, said Moldea. Later on, some guys came. They delivered Hoffa's body. It was some rigor. They could not get feet first into the 55-gallon drum, so they put it in head first. Then they sealed the drum. The drum was buried along with 15 to 30 other steel drums. Then sand and dirt was put on top of it, and then it was bulldozed and plowed over. And Moldea wants to find that drum. It's possible. It's possible that we can still recover it if it's not been moved, but we have reason to believe that it has not been moved and that it's still there. It's easily recoverable. We're not looking for a single drum at the bottom of a hole. We're looking for a massive field, 15 to 30 drums on top of it, so Moldea. So after years of research, Moldea said he and Frank are confident a dig at the landfill could unseal a decades-old mystery. Still an open case at the FBI, the Bureau said it's looking at all the leads. However, Moldeo hopes the district attorney of Hudson County makes themselves a part of it. Loki wants to come in. Uh, we want to be there, and we want to have the ability to film this, and we want to memorialize this. And so we know that what's going to happen with the FBI. They're going to go, thanks, guys. Now get the hell out of here, and we'll take it from here. Oh. We're hoping that the DA's office may be a little more cooperative. And that's the end of that article. So that's a little more promising and thinking that there may be some conclusion yeah. in the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. Ooh. And that is my research. I love that. I didn't know that, like, I had heard about Jimmy Hoffa. I didn't know it all happened, like, right in our own backyard, though. That's supposedly, kind of bananas. yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, this, this supposedly. took place originally on the outskirts of Detroit. Yeah. Definitely, um, it's, and obviously there are ties to mob members in Detroit, to New York City and New Jersey. It is They are actually relatively close to one another, Yeah. so I could see that they transferred the body. How would they have gotten him here, though? Driven him? I guess oh, in like sure. a trunk? Yeah. yeah. Maybe with that same blanket. And all you need to do is, <laughs> true, all you need to do is just give someone like a million dollars who checked the car and be like, you didn't see anything. Yeah, and back then, not even a million dollars. True. Just the fact that you're a part of the mob, you have... So many ties and so many connections. And if you look at also just the police force back then, too, there are many police officers that were connected to the mob and they were getting paid under Mm -hmm. the table to kind of just keep hush-hush and just look the other way for certain things. So even if they were to get pulled over... Um, like, I know your brother. Yeah, you I know. did him a favor. I know a guy. They don't need any, you know, they don't need any of those police PBA cards to get yeah, out of that. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. On that note, that concludes this episode of Just Ghoulie Things, first episode of 2021. Thank you guys so much for listening. And Lily, do you have anything to conclude with? Um, yeah. If my cousin is listening to this by any chance, who thinks he's in the mob, they don't want you. <laughs> They don't. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen, pal. They don't want you. I'm sorry. Crazy insert name here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, boo things. You ready to get started with the socials? Yes. All right. Follow us on Instagram at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. You didn't need Oh, what? I, what did I say? I don't know. I felt like you I said, said our that personal one. Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber. Okay. I thought I, thought I said something else. Okay. Follow us on Twitter at JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Facebook product group. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. 
refresh your wardrobe for 2021 and buy our Just Ghoulie <gasps> Things podcast merch at tpublic.com. I swallowed my own spit. <laughs> tpublic.com and search Just Ghoulie Things podcast. Yes. And uh, yeah. If you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. Happy New Year's, Boo Thanks. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to Boo next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.